Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Adulting Like a Mother Father. This week's episode is brought to you by none other than Kinder Beauty and Drew Coffee. Uh, Obviously, both brands very, very dear to our hearts. Please listen to the offers later in the show and give them both some love. But until then, as always, the important thing is to sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Or baby, keep it pushing. You know how we do. Hi, I'm Andrew, the father. We got Ivory, the daughter, and Gio, our little man, and Daniela. I don't think an entrance is needed. You probably know the voice of Mother Time on Nickelodeon. Yeah. See, it's a dumb like a mother father. If you got a son or daughter, it could be a lot of we know. You gotta be the mother father. You could be the son or daughter. This is still the right show. Yeah. We'll meet you where you are in your life or your car. If you need or your fire, you got a cat or a dog. Good vibes or a problem in school or got a job. We just want to know who you are. So we can say thank you for listening to Adulting Like a Mother Father. Hope you guys enjoyed this. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Yay! Welcome back to Adulting Like a Mother Father. I'm Daniela Monet, the mother. And... Okay, we'll wait. Because we're starting. It's time. We've got an Andrew Gardner here in the house. Post septoplasty. That is what it's called, yep. Yep. Septoplasty surgery. He's in recovery on day. Oh, and a sinus clear out, he said. Okay. Look at that. The full cocktail. Here you go. With that intro? We sure are. Welcome to the show, Andrew. Can we cut that out? No, come on in. Uh, yeah, welcome. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're so welcome. This has been a, an eventful day so far. We are coming to you on a Tuesday afternoon, so you'll be hearing this on a Wednesday, most likely. Um, I just felt like we should do a quick little update on the things and like what, what we did today. We're riffing. We're riffing. I'm game with that. Yeah? Yeah. Do you have, like, just off the top of your head, like, a win and a fail that you feel like chiming in on? Yeah, the win The win literally just happened. We, um, you know, <clears throat> try to make this really short. We're, we're feeling the pressure with the house renovation. We're, we're sitting on the other house. The work's been really slow. Um, and we realize, like, there's some decisions that we have to make and things we have to start ordering so that, like, they're not waiting on us at any point. So we just went to the tile store. And uh, shout out to Imperial Tile here Woo-woo. in the Valley. Eden, we love you. They're the shit, all right? If a tile store is the shit, they're the shit. Um, anyways, like, we were in and out in, like, 45 minutes, and it didn't even need to take that long. And we picked bathroom tile. We picked uh, the shower tile for the bathroom. We picked counters. We picked something <laughs> the else. Something tile. else. Kitchen counters, ba- uh, coffee counters, like coffee nook counters. Yeah, all those things. Like we just, w- that was a kick-ass like 45-minute session. Yeah. So that was definitely the win because not everything is that efficient these days. Mm-hmm. But I'm learning that that's the name of the game because. Yeah. Yeah, you got to just start making decisions. Mm-hmm. It's hard though with things like that because there are, everything's expensive and your decisions like live for a while. It's not like, oh, I don't like it, rip it out, put something new in, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I just feel like our our gut instincts are usually right. Sure. And so just making a decision 
is oftentimes like I don't like thinking things through too long. Oh, we <laughs> we know. know. Okay, we know. Because what ends up happening is I feel like I get so bogged down by like yep. all the details and all the thoughts and then I start hyper analyzing it and then I end up just going forget it yep, when yep, I yep. wouldn't wouldn't have been so you know, happy funny with is my it, first it, instinct. And you pretty much always end up going back to whatever yes. you had first. Yeah. Yes. So it's just a waste of time and I'm I'm I can't do that. Um there's so much value in just making a decision and that, that time savings too. Yes. Right. And also just viewing every decision and experience after that as a, as a as learning an experience. Yeah, a learning experience. Because we're going to have other opportunities. Your hope is that you're going to have other opportunities to switch things up. And, yep. and also we're adaptive. So if you do make a decision that you can't live with, you can learn to live with certain things. For sure. You know? For sure. We should, and it's all we about the angle. With that blue carpet. The blue carpet. I'm kidding. Totally kidding. Oh, Do not God, live I'm with so the blue sorry. carpet. Sometimes he just um, doesn't. So that's me. your win. That's definitely my win. My fail is just the recovery, the aftermath of the, the nose surgery. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like, uh, I'm sure I said this prior to, like I thought I was dealing with a sinus infection. Turns out my ENT when doing the surgery was like, I didn't, I didn't see an infection. So I don't know if I just have like super severe allergies or what, but. Whatever I'm dealing with, it's not COVID because I got tested. Um, my body's also dealing with or has been the last several days like after the surgery. So trying to heal from the surgery and also dealing with like congestion and, and head and face pressure and all that. So I'm managing. <laughs> all right. I'm feeling a lot better today and really the last couple of days. But uh, I can't say it's been fun. Yeah. You've been, you've been in it. Yeah. I mean, this is a bit graphic, guys, but I... Pulled out a slug from my nose today. Day. A blood slug. A blood slug. That's exactly what I don't know how else to describe it. It looked like a blood slug. Mm-hmm. Just like a mucusy piece of blood that like I had to grab hold of with my fingers because I knew it was there and I could feel it like further up in my nose. It was like a magic trick where it would just kept coming. Yeah, it was one of those things just coming and coming and coming. And long story short, I pull it out and what, four inches maybe? Yeah, and you can breathe better now? Yeah. See. That was on my right side, though. Yeah. So that well, just tells you I'm, like, dealing with congestion all over. It's it's a whole thing. But we're on the up and up. When he pulled my oh. – I have to talk about this for a second. <laughs> if anybody's had, like, a, a – do they do this for, like, every nose job, regardless yeah. of what it is? Yeah, I had them. Okay, so they when they're done with the surgery, they put packing in. And the easiest way to describe it, if you've never experienced it, is they're, like, a tampon on each side of your nose, And right? what happens if you've never experienced a tampon? Uh, you can envision it's something. It's like the size of your finger. It's like the size of your finger on each side, like a padded thing to absorb like the blood and everything. Right. Let me tell you something. Okay. Number one had no idea. That's what was in my nose. Uh, cause you feel like you're like the hose is turned off. Like you're completely, you're just done using your nose for the first day until they take the packing out. When he pulled my packing out, First of all, I really like this guy. Like we, we were friendly, you know, <laughs> we still are. He, like he said, I'm going to pull it out. It's not like he surprised me, but he really didn't give me any heads up as to like what was coming when he pulled those out of my nose. And I've told you this already. First of all, to me in my brain, there was like the sound of like, thump, <laughs> you know, like a thump. Okay. okay. He pulls them out and it's like this blood slug that came out. No lie. He starts pulling and like, mind you, this is very quick. It all happens in like half a second, right? But it's one of those moments in your life where it's like, it's 
going and going <laughs> and the packing just keeps coming out and my brain like i cannot even comprehend what's happening and i'm like well, i saw god i saw god for a second but i'm like what the fuck <laughs> so much so that... Dude, so much so I was screwed up in the head for a second. He could. I they could, made him lay down. No, they didn't make me the ass. And I said, yeah, I'd like that right now. Because <laughs> I tried to get up. I tried to get on my feet. He's like, you all right? And I said, uh, <laughs> I don't actually know. And I was like, I'm a little tripped out about what just happened. Do you want to sit down? I said, you know what? I think I'd like that. And I sat down. He put the recliner chair back for me. I'm like, I'm just going to hang out for a second. I was came, wondering why you took so long. They came by. You want some water? I said, you know what? I think I'd like some of that too. I was struggling, dude. Even when I was like, the whole time I was like, you're not, don't get offended by this, please. I was like, you're not a bitch, man. Get up. <laughs> but like, I couldn't do it. I could not do it for the first couple of minutes. And then I decided to do it. And I, I'm not lying about this. The whole time. After I got up, I was like, I had to talk to myself all the way down to the car. You're going to be all right. You're going to be all right, man. Pick the right foot up, put in front of the left, do it over and over, and you'll get down to the car. I'm not joking. No, I believe you because I... I I ended up being fine. I got down to the car fine, but... (laughs) You were not the same. I had the wobbly knees, you know? You were not the same when you came in the car. You know when like when like something like that happens where like you see God for a second and you're quiet for a little bit? I feel like I had a few moments in the car like that where I just needed to I just had to take a moment to myself mm-hmm. until I had my smoothie. <laughs> this kid is a he's the real deal when it comes to a patient. You know, like if any of you guys are Take care of me. You know, like I don't know, a nurse and you have a patient that just needs a little extra TLC. That's Andrew times 100. I'm pretty easy. No, you're okay in a way, but like emotionally and mentally, physically. like There's no emotion. I'm all right. (laughs) I'm just like, yo, if I need to rest, I'm resting. You know, if I need to sit down with a little cup of water, I'm sitting down with that cup of water. Let me tell you this too. The the whole surgery experience is, is interesting. I was definitely nervous like going in that morning, but you know, like I said prior to, it's like one of those things, like li- like little challenges come up in life, and it's like every time you face a little fear, you just feel a little more like emboldened, you know? Mm. Is that a word? I think it is. Oh, I like yeah, it. Yeah, I don't know if it's the right use, but it felt good. Okay. So, you know, I faced it. I just said, I'm doing it. Obviously, I was committed, and I went and did it, and like, you couldn't come in, which is fine. I didn't need you. I'm a big boy. But you, you know? did say something nice to me. Oh, I said bye, baby. And like, she's still talking about it six <laughs> days later because I said baby. Baby. There's something about exchanging the E for a Y. I get it. I get it. I don't hear it. So <laughs> I wouldn't know. You're in my phone is my baby. Right. But that's nonverbal. Uh-huh. You know? Oh, that's a Your running. communication style. Sure. <laughs> uh, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. So I go in there and like, you know, they, they take your clothes off, put this really comfortable gown on, lay in the bed. Just get comfortable. Okay, cool. Like you're surrounded by like the person next to you on the other side of the sheet and then the other person on the other side of the sheet. And you can hear people coming out of their surgery and like coming to and talking to the doctors. And then you'll like this part. I didn't tell you this. They had to prick me three times to get my IV in because she was was like, you have really good thick skin. Oh. 
Yeah. So like it was in here in this spot, like up on Ugh. my wrist for like a I minute, don't like the a one minute on the or wrist. two. And like she was trying to find the spot and then eventually she got frustrated. And so she tried over here and that didn't work. And then she was over here and finally, and oh she was like, gosh. she was like verbalizing me. She's like, I'm, I'm just frustrated because you have really good veins, but like you have, you have great thick skin. Nope. Uh-uh. She ain't, she ain't, she ain't good at it. Maybe. Yeah. Well, she got it in. And then you just lay there like I just was waiting on my doctor for probably 30 minutes or whatever. And then the anesthesiologist came in and he's talking to me like it's nothing, like another another Thursday, you know, a little walk in the park, which for him it is. For me, I'm like, I haven't gone under in like 15 years, maybe longer, you know, like it's just it's unfamiliar to me. And so he's like, you want me to give a little something to like to like ease you up a little bit? I said, <laughs> you, you, know, tell. you know what? said first of all how do you know <laughs> he said i've been doing this a long time man he looked like he was my age he said you want me to you want me to give you something to ease up i said i think i'd like that sure <laughs> and so he came back and like i don't remember this like i don't know why i hear this name in my head i told you this but he said like have you had fentanyl before or something oh, like gosh. that and i th- I think clearly that's what I remember. Maybe I like dreamed of it or something, but I think that's what he said. I think that's what he gave me. But he just said like, you're going to feel like you had a couple of drinks in about 10 minutes. It turns out it took like 10 seconds because 10 seconds later it was like exactly that. And then I did ease up in a bit and a minute or two later, my doctor came and they took me into the uh, operating room. And he also, when the anesthesiologist was next to me, like when I was waiting, we were talking about the anesthesia for a second. Oh boy. And, uh, I was asking him questions about how it works. Cause that's just how I am. Like, I want to know how everything works. Like I want all the details. And I was like, like how quickly does it work? He's like, Oh, like within 10 seconds, you'll be, you'll be asleep. Like you won't remember anything. It's like men in black. You won't remember anything. You won't feel anything. Like you're going to wake up in another country tomorrow. And like, <laughs> it's just what it is. And it was exactly that. We go into the operating room. I remember seeing faces and hearing talking for like just a few seconds. Maybe them saying like, are you ready? Maybe I said, yeah, maybe not. And then puts it in my IV and like lights out. Wow. And I just think it's so crazy and trippy that like that exists. Yep. And I know it's so common. People get operations every single day. But like like I said, it's been a while for me. And like you could just be like nine night like mm-hmm. that, you know? Mm-hmm. I thought it was wild. Anyways, came out of it. Didn't know where I was for a little bit. Day one, day one sucked. Day two was all right. Day three sucked. Day four, all right. Mm. Where are we at now? Like I don't day know. six or something like that. Yeah. And let's move on from this. This is a long time talking about this septoplasty. <laughs> I, love, but, I love how passionate you got about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's, well, it's like everybody else listening now has had a septoplasty as well. But you know what? To be honest, like I said to you when I was considering doing my rhinoplasty, I did so much research and watch so many people's vlogs and like their diaries on recovery and I I was so invested in other people's process before making the decision to do it myself because I was so nervous that I would have something go wrong or that I would bruise and at the time like I was still acting so it was like finding the perfect slot where I could get it done and not be swollen and take me off my game so I get it I get how like now that you're on the other side and it's finally done and now you just have to get better it feels like you can actually talk about it in depth because you're like, oh, I know what to expect because it's done. It's in my past. Yeah. 
yeah, I would say it's it's definitely not fun, but it's doable. It's totally doable. And uh, like the one thing that's been great for you and for me is that I have like super minimal swelling and no bruising whatsoever. Yeah, that's surprising. I you didn't know, know how. They had to. They were digging up in my face and cleaning my sinuses there. out too. Wow. Not that you can hear by the way that I'm talking now, but. <laughs> More adulting like a mother father when we come back. Okay, you guys, um, this is the part where I I just sing Kinder Beauty's praise a little bit. There's been so much amazing just energy around our company. And I don't know if you saw on my Instagram, but we had some of the girls who have been working with us um, remote come over to my house and do a little photo shoot for our holiday boxes and our holiday marketplace. And there's so many good, amazing, clean, vegan and cruelty-free products. Best bang for the buck. Yeah. And best bang for your buck. So of course, I mean, first and foremost, the value is great. You're always going to get the best deal. Our products are so discounted. We work with some of the best partners that we can trust. A lot of women-founded companies, everything on our site, kinderbeauty.com is vegan, cruelty-free, but it's 100% clean. And we have really high standards for that. So you really can trust our products. And, you know, if it means anything to you, I think one of the cooler value props that we have is the fact that we donate back to some of our favorite organizations that are doing some really good things around the world for animals and the environment and for human beings. Um, So please give us a try. Kinderbeauty.com. You could subscribe for around $23 a month and you'll always get a minimum of $85 worth of beauty products. Best paying for the buck. Oh, here he is again. And upwards to sometimes $165 or more. So it's a great deal and you're supporting a great cause and it's just a great gift for you or your loved ones. Go to kinderbeauty.com. And now back to adulting like a mother father. Um, you know what I wanted to talk about because we just got off a call. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about the revelation that I just had speaking with our therapist together. Relationship healer. Relationship healer. Yeah, Michelle Paradise. Uh, yes, Michelle Paradise. Something that I feel really comforted by, because um, I brought this up, and, and I've said this a lot on the podcast, and that's why I feel like I need to talk about it, um, is this like idea of postpartum anxiety and that I've like told myself and so many people around me that I have it because I don't. I don't like the feeling of being away from the kids and I get anxious. Um, but what I learned through the discussion with her is that tribes, that was like their innate way of raising their children. They always had their children with them, their children. She even said that she didn't even like kids back then in tribes wouldn't necessarily even be on the ground very often because they were held for basically the first three years of their lives. Um, and never alone, never isolated, um, because we're learning a lot about ourselves as young kids and also how that relates to who we are today and how we can help be better parents for our kids so that maybe we can help them not have some of the same traumas that we went through. And a lot of it, like when we use the word trauma, it, you know, there's a lot that we aren't always aware of in terms of um I don't know, like the do's and don'ts of, of parenting, because you can get, you can get stuck in a bad pattern because of maybe what you know and what you saw growing up. And so that can create, you know, a ripple effect in your kids' lives. And we're just trying to like do the best we can to. For sure. I mean, well, you just, you just don't know what you don't know, you know? Yeah, exactly. But I think the next slogan, I think like things will always, 
as long as you're open to seeking like new advice and new ways of doing things, you're always going to be learning and there's, you're going to uncover something that maybe you've been doing that like isn't ideal or maybe something you've never even thought of before. That's going to happen for all of us. Like you could never know. You just can't do this perfectly. You know, you can never know every do and don't. No, I know. I know, but I think what was cool was hearing her say to me that I've been labeling it postpartum anxiety, but in reality, you know, she she agrees that this is a really beautiful luxury or a beautiful way of parenting um, because we, we can and we've kind of figured out how to be available for the kids. Well, she's and, just like getting you to think about reframing the way that you even think about it, right? Right. Rather than saying like, I'm so anxious to be away, it's like... It's not that I just want to be around a lot, mm-hmm. you know, which is a much better story to tell yourself. It's a healthier story. Yeah. And and I think like a lot of that framing came from me feeling like that made more sense to society. If I labeled it as postpartum anxiety or if I labeled it as, um, you know, oftentimes parents, they have to go to work at some point, you know, and, and a lot of people say, okay, you know, our kids, I mean, as little, your mom told me, I think as little as like six weeks, you were already in a daycare of some sort or something. I don't know if that's right, but I remember her saying something like that. And like, that's just what the reality is for a lot of people because they have to support their family that way. And, you know, in the last two years, I think a lot of us has realized, you know, we can do more from home, which is great. And it's afforded us the ability to be by our kids. Um, But it's also a learning lesson for me because I came from the acting world, right? So I'm used to being away working 15, 16, sometimes longer hours a day. And I think the fear of going back and knowing that I'm going to have to deal with that, that separation from the kids, um, has forced me to label this as postpartum anxiety that like, I'm not ready. I'm like, Oh no, I'm not ready. It's not, it doesn't feel right in my body. I don't think that I'm ready. Um, but she said, you know, the first three years, if if you can be around, like be around, like accept that and, and don't, don't feel ashamed or don't feel embarrassed because that's what you want. You know, like I told yeah, her, she I, just says those first three years are like crucial in a child's life and development. And like, she made the analogy that a securely attached child becomes a securely attached adult, which she can explain a lot better than I can, but ultimately like securely attached is the type of person, the type of relationship that you want your child to have. It's like, that's the, that's the parent child relationship where the child always knows the parent is there. Yeah. Like the the example is that you're standing on the sand and your child can go off to other islands and see the world, but you're always going to be on the sand. Like you don't necessarily have to travel with them, but they know that they can always come to you. Yeah. You're always there. Yeah. That you're always there. Yeah. Um, I actually like that a lot because visually like you can really wrap your head around that and and you can use that for all sorts of relationships. And we we talked a lot about setting boundaries and stuff. And that's, I mean, it's exactly, that's the idea of like, you can let somebody ride their waves. You don't have to ride them with them. Mm-hmm. You can watch from the sideline or from the beach, mm-hmm. you know, but like, like you said, like she said, they know that when push comes to shove, 
within your boundaries that you're always there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a helpful conversation. Um, I just felt like sharing it because... So there's a piece of me, you know, we ran an errand today. We went to the tile store, (laughs) circling back to that. And now we are in the closet while the kids are napping, recording. And there's a piece of me that feels this like rush because... Always. Always. You feel it too. But also doesn't your butt hurt from sitting on the floor? Yes and no. I can look past that because I'm like, I got to handle my business because I know that I need to like wrap things up so that I can get back to them. I just also have the shoe shelves in my back right now. I'm trying to heal, guys. I'm trying to heal. This guy. Oh, somebody send care. Um, So I just felt like sharing that because I've often relied on that term. And um, for anyone else who's felt the same way as I do, and I've we've had callers leave voicemails saying, like, I also feel what you feel. I just wanted to say that it's normal and that, like, maybe it's a beautiful feeling that we should learn to be more open to expressing rather than, like, putting a negative spin on it. There you go. I agree. Do you have anything you want to add? To that? No, just anything in general, like what's going on in life. Like, No, I just think, I think things like that are so cool because again, you don't know what you don't know, right? And you look at it one way because that's all you, that's all, those are the only possibilities that you can think of. And then somebody enlightens you with something that, may or may not be the right answer, but is a different thought than what you had and opens your mind to a different way of thinking about what you've been experiencing, right? Just as simple as essentially relabeling or reframing what you're feeling and turning a negative into a positive. I think it it always kind of comes back to that acceptance and that idea of just being more accepting over things so that way you can process it differently. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It was a helpful conversation and... You know, a lot of it ties back to just how so many of us walk around the world with some sense of like baggage or trauma from our childhood and um, and how she just kept saying the people who lived in these tribes and raised these tribal kids, she said they did it right in she so many the, ways and yeah. that they don't have these same sort of traumas because they have... Yeah, like a healthy attachment style. Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember everything she said, but she said like like historically and based on research that that's when they look at the way children have been raised that that was the best way to do it. Because they grew up in, you know, families that were multi-generational, everybody was around, there was a lot of singing and dancing involved which has like neurological uh impact on you in a positive way. And uh yeah, they obviously spent a ton of time with mom and dad, like literally physically attached most of the time. And you still see that with cultures around the world where they'll carry their baby like for their first year or two of their life like, a lot, mm-hmm. sometimes up to 24 hours a day. Like I even read at one point that mothers like that will feed up to 100 times a day because the, the baby's essentially like right here on your side at mm-hmm. breast level like all day long in a carrier type of thing, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, so she said that, like, based on research, that's the best way to, that's been the best way to raise children and, and a lot of issues that we see in society across all types of things. Like, when you think about it, it makes sense. They, they stem from people at, like, a young age and, like, how, how we develop and what we learn and, like, how society sort of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? 
just kind of molds us, right? Mm-hmm. And it's almost impossible to raise children like that today because the world's evolved. It's a and shame. Just... And, and we talked about that, how like, you know, unfortunately, if you're in the United States, which I'm sure a lot of our listeners are, um, there just aren't systems in place to allow for parents to have that proper bonding time, unfortunately. And sure. a lot of people just... They don't well, have the paternity yeah, time. They don't have the freedom. They don't have the flexibility. Um, so it's something for us to be aware of because in general, not I'm not I'm pointing to us, yes, but like just everyone in the world really that yeah. like if it's not going to be easy, what can we do to be aware of this so that we can better utilize the time we do have with our kids so that it's really about quality and um, and just trying to create that safe environment so that kids know that maybe you're not there right now, but you will always be there for them. They could always come to you and that they're they're safe. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like I could talk about this day in and day and night because, like, we have two kids. Don't – it's fine. Just acknowledge that I don't know what I'm saying sometimes. No, that's fine. Okay. I didn't hear nothing. <laughs> okay. No, because I – um. I'm, I I feel like I've said this every episode, but like since dealing with my brother a lot recently, I've just seen what it could look like in time when things are not acknowledged along the way or there's been choices along the way that have made it even more difficult for some people. Um, so I just feel this big responsibility right now to check in and be as present and as attuned as Michelle would say as possible to our kids. Yeah. Um, kind of on that note and it's just at the forefront of my mind. So I want, I want to say it. There's something that she said on the call today and she said to me before that I didn't really grab onto until today, but I love it. And it has to do with, um, the fact that I think all of us at some level deal with some, baggage, some sort of childhood traumas, like, you know, whether it was horrible for you or you had this part, but didn't have this part of it, like in terms of things you need, we all, I want to say it, like, I would want to argue we all have it at some level. Right. And she said, you're not responsible Mm -hmm. for what happened to you, but at a certain point you become responsible. So then it becomes your responsibility to make the changes or to deal with whatever you need to deal with to go on in life into the future. In my mind, like these aren't her words, but like to just be a decent human being, you know, to be functional, to be a a good or decent human being and to provide some value for the world, you know? And, and, and I love that because you know, we, through our conversation with her, like we've learned a lot about childhood trauma. And I think, uh, it's a very known thing. I think everybody carries baggage and knows they have some, some sort of baggage, but like, I'm also of the mindset that like a lot of things are within your control. There's a lot that you can change. There's always improvements that you can make. And this is just a reminder to somebody who needs a little kick in the ass that like the power is within your hands. You know, you can't, you can't lean on every crutch as an excuse to never do or never change or that's just the way it is because that ability that you're, you're now response able lies with you. That's all I'm done. <laughs> 
All right, everyone, sit tight, and we'll be right back for some more adulting like a mother father. What up, coffee people? Uh, I'm just here to give you a quick reminder that if it's time for a re-up on your beans at home, uh, or you know, you've you've heard me talk about Drew Coffee and you just haven't given it a try yet, now is the time to give it a try. You can get 30% off at drewcoffee.co using code ADULTING. And let me just say a couple of things. Number one, some have said, this is not me, this is some, that it's the best damn coffee that they've ever had. Obviously. I'm not going to argue with it. <laughs> okay, number two, if you're looking for, like when I drink my coffee, I'm just looking for a feeling, you know? I want to know that I'm drinking exceptional coffee that, uh, you know, the sourcing of the coffee company was done in the right way. The packaging is dope. Like the whole thing from like getting the bag to opening the bag, smelling the beans, making my coffee in the morning is like all a vibe. Like it's, it's an all experience. an experience. Yeah. That's what I tried to build with Drew Coffee. And that's what I'm doing more of. There's so many amazing things coming off the back of what's already here. If that's the way that you do coffee as well, please support Drew Coffee. Again, you can get 30% off at drewcoffee.co using code ADULTING. Once you've had it, let me know what you think. Um, I stand behind it. If it's not the best coffee you've ever had, let me know directly and I'll give you a refund. And now back to Adulting Like a Mother Father. I'm going to call it a show. A show? I'm going to call it a show. Let me see. It's a shorty, but it's a show. Okay. Because Are you happy I'm with not that? I'm not suffering from postpartum so, anxiety. I, I, I never want to come off like preachy no, preachy, no, no. but I, sometimes that you know there's people that have no filter when it comes to like just giving people a swift kick in the ass and I I feel like I come from that mindset. Like I was molded from playing sports like just pushed so hard from a young age and that stuck with me. I think it's it's been a blessing in my life to be able to just commit, see things through, like fight through hard times, all sorts of things like that and not everybody had that same molding, you know? So I feel like in some ways it's my responsibility to provide the kick in the ass when needed. And I feel like this, this like in many ways, there's like global kicks in the ass to be provided and I can't provide that, you know? But if I can provide value to one person, I feel like I'm doing something good. Because you're the father. I guess I am. <laughs> you're the father. When did you get Puma socks? Your mom, I think, got me them for Christmas, actually. She would. Yeah. My TJ Maxx specials. Yeah, dude, they're my shorties. Mom, they she's like show with tennis shoes. Yeah. They actually look like they're good quality. No, no issues with Puma. Puma's actually, uh, I think Puma's like one of the more sustainable big brands. Oh, I wasn't aware. Well, yeah. look at that. Actually, I had some Pumas in high school that were like, they came back in the style from like years before, you know, they were the shit. I had a pair of bright yellow and green Pumas that I wore on a show called Listen Up back in the day. They they dressed me in the nicest gear ever. And I remember walking around set, I was probably about 15, 16 years old, feeling like a absolute queen. You know, when I was a kid, when I would work on shows, they would always dress me in such nice clothes and shoes. And I couldn't keep it. I mean, sometimes my mom would ask if we could buy it and they'd discount it like half off or sometimes they'd gift me something. But I always felt so fancy when I was working, you know, because in my real life, in my real life, it was straight up like pay less on a good day, you know, and maybe a proper hand me down from a cousin. 
which was totally fine. Like I never felt like I you never got like fitted as a kid, like for a birthday or no, anything. No, 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 no. It wasn't like that. But was it, was I will it ever share anything a hack. you were interested in, like anything you wanted. Are you kidding me? There was ton- I wanted Adidas. I wanted the shell Adidas for ages. I wanted um, Roxy. I wanted anything Roxy. Okay. Of course. That was like middle school, right? Middle school. So then this is the hack I'll share with you. So I was a pretty resourceful kid and I would go to, to Ross and buy like a Roxy shirt. Okay. Because they would sell them there for like, and they weren't cheap at Ross. Like I remember thinking even at Ross, they were like pricier. My mom was like, you can have one. So I would get it where I'd save my money and get it. And I would take it home and I would cut out the tags from the inside of the the shirt on the back of the neck and I would cut around the Roxy and I would glue it on another piece of clothing. So I got two for the price of one for the price of one plus some hard labor. Yeah. That's actually pretty crafty. That's pretty smart. I mean, how'd the shirts turn out? Were they good? I mean, if I were to, I always thought from a distance, but I was like from a distance kind of girl. Like I used to, I glued jewels on my belly button to make it look like I had a belly button ring. Like I, you know, you can, if you were close up, that shit was crusty, you know, but from a distance, I was certainly pierced. Yeah. I Oh, the friggin' retainers that I made. I want to say something so bad right now, but I, I'm just not. What are you going to say? Because I, I love you, baby. What did I say? So... <laughs> the crusties. <laughs> from the from the glue. Oh, on my eyelashes? What's wrong with me? There's nothing wrong with you Tell at me. all. No, it's just eyelashes, I think, are the same thing. They look good. Oh, from afar. But when you're really close and you can see, like, the, 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 glue. D- the dabs of glue that attach them. <laughs> I can't uh, I can't smile too big right now. Oh my gosh, this kid over here. Someone get him a people know what I'm people know what I'm saying. I'm you're looking at Look, someone got, who had I got no no issues with your eyelashes. You've been wearing them for how long? I mean, probably years. 13 years, 14 years. Just like that? Wait, do you have an issue because I'll take them off, but I will look like a no, different person. No, I don't have an issue, but I have told you many times like when you're not wearing anything that I like that look better or you like it i don't know what i've said well tell me what you feel you have to rewind the tape what do you think i haven't seen you without him for a minute so i have to see i will again. never forget the day within like the first maybe year or two of us dating i felt the need to remove the lashes so that you could see the real me and i walked out in our radford apartment i walked out from the bathroom I remember like covering my eyes and you're sitting on the big red couch that we had. And I remember covering my eyes like I had something that like was major that you needed to know and I needed to show you. And I had a confession. I cover uncovered them and I thought I saw you saw a ghost. Really? That was like the feeling that I got. Maybe I made that up in my head, but I remember thinking I will never do that again. They're going back on. It was maybe an insecurity of mine where I was like, yeah, I, I saw you like that. itch your face and that was enough for me. All right. Yeah. Like I blinked. One yeah. And time. I was like, oh, no. Uh uh-uh. uh. If I don't get like an overwhelming applaud of approval, I'm just not that guy, though. You know? No, we know that. But this was freshy days, you know? Like there was more gas in the tank back then. A year and a half in, though. Like I'm not that guy. Yeah. I just, my emotion doesn't go like too high or too low, you know? Okay. Well, tell me now. What, what, I, what do I need to know about these lashes? Nothing. I think you look beautiful. Thank you. Told you that last night. You did, huh? I said I felt lucky. <laughs> Is that a show? I guess so. 
<laughs> what I was going to say before when I was trying to end it is I don't have postpartum anxiety. So I just it's not wanna a show. Be, no, I just want to be available for when the kids wake up. I don't want to be stuck in the closet with you. Right, because you want to be around them. Yeah. I, yeah, I just really want to be around them. I just really want to be around them. I think that's fine. Okay. Um. All right. Well, I love you and I love our listeners and thanks for listening and we will be back next week. Peace. Thanks for listening to Adulting Like a Mother Father. New episodes drop every Tuesday right here, so make sure you tune in for all the goods.